Welcome to the Diversity and Fellowship Podcast, where we discuss how the gospel brings us together and keeps us together. We are your hosts, Kenny King. And I'm William Marshall, and we want to encourage Christians to think through how our lives and our churches can be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Diversity and Fellowship podcast. We have a, a treat for you all today. We are interviewing um, our fellow brother in Christ, Shalin, artist, author, church planner, anything you want. He can do it. He can do it. Right. And so yes. <laughs> he, he has a new book coming out on May 18th called The New Reformation, Finding Hope in the Fight for Ethnic Unity. And since we are all about diversity and fellowship, all about ethnic unity, uh, we thought it would be great to have our brother Shy on with us. So Shy, welcome to People for us. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Glad to be here, man. So we want to talk a little bit about the book and a little bit about your background and, and all that all that stuff that you kind of uh, lay out in the book. So uh, you begin by telling your story in, in the first few chapters of the book. Um, so what in your background and experience impacted you the most in, in fighting for ethnic unity? Well, I would say the, the first thing I would say is that I I grew up in in very diverse environments. Uh, yeah. So one of the things that I share in the book is how I, you know, when when I was young, my 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 mom moved me and my sister um, to a, a predominantly white area, um, and 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 it was really really through uh, through that experience and um, and and just growing up. You know, I, I experienced a lot of natural unity. So basically, unifying with people uh, of different ethnicities around all kinds of different things. So whether it be the arts, uh, theater, whether it be hip hop, whether it be sports, whatever the case may be, yeah. um, it, it was just it was just a natural thing um, for uh, diverse groups of people to to come together around those things. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so as I was converted, when I was converted as an adult. Um, you know, it, my immediate thought was, you know, if, if we could experience natural unity in the world, how much more so should it be in the body of Christ Amen. to have unity in, in diversity? You know That's what I'm right. saying? Because yeah. obviously, you know, the, the person who unites us is, <laughs> is far greater than anything that people, you know, in terms of natural unity is concerned. Mm-hmm. And, but then another thing I would say, I would say is that, um, you know, when when I got involved in doing Christian hip hop, I really got a chance to experience Christian hip hop, how the Lord used that as a unifier. So, you know, one of the things I always say is that, you know, one of the most diverse unified places you could ever see in the early 2000s was a Christian hip hop concert. Amen. Right. Yeah. We, yes. You just you just see all kinds of people, uh, diff- different shades, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, um, and, and, and it was truth, the truth of the gospel that was bringing, uh, that was bringing them all together. And, and so, so I think that experiencing that early on in my walk as a believer um, was, was, was very impactful and, um, and really set the groundwork for, uh, for that pursuit of ethnic unity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's great. Good word, brother. 
So you, you argue in the book that, you know, you kind of, you're, you're going along with the Christian hip-hop, you're on that scene, you're making records, and um, you're, you're kind of, th- really through that, kind of you're in some white spaces, you know, uh, in some white, wider churches uh, along those lines, and yet uh, you argue that a, a shift kind of began around uh, 2012, or after 2012, the death of Trayvon Martin, um, was was kind of what triggered that. Why do you think Christians have had such different responses to these ongoing cases? Because they it seems like they continue to to come around, and yet, uh, particularly today, it seems like man, Christians not not just the culture at large, but but Christians are very divided in kind of how to respond to those. Yeah. So why do you think that's mm-hmm. the case? Why do you think that's happening? Yeah, I think there's a number of things. So, so on one level, I think that a big part of it is lived experience. Mm. Um, you know, when, when, when these cases occur, one of the things that almost immediately happens is we, we decide, we, we, we make a decision in terms of who can we relate to in this particular instance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so with, with, with something like a Trayvon, I think for many for many black Christians, it was like, okay, we can relate to Trayvon, right? That like that that could be my nephew or that could be my son, um, and and I think for those who who don't have that same kind of relatability to to the the, the victims in 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 these cases, um, I, I think there may just be uh, just a different response, um, and and particularly for for those who may identify more with law enforcement, right? Yeah. Um, so. Because one 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 of the things that I uh, mentioned in the book is that before I was a Christian, I, I didn't know any police officers. Right. Right. right? So, so 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 for me, the the police were very kind of removed um, from from my everyday experience in terms of personal relationships. Um, but I I know for uh, for other communities, like it's it's common for people to have you know police officers in in their families or sure. whatever the case may be. Um, so. So I, so I I think that 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 lived experience is a is a big part of um, of why Christians of different from different backgrounds may respond differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but one one thing I'll say though is that I I think there was something really unique about the George Floyd incident in 2020, um, and and I, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on, you know, why why is it that because you know we had years of these. Um, kind of officer-involved uh, killings um, of unarmed black people, and um, and and while they, you know, you look at Ferguson, you look at some of the other things, there were certainly responses, but there was something unique about the response to the George Floyd case. Yes, um, and and I, I think a big part of that was was just how long the incident was. Mm. Uh, so so in some cases, you know, and in, in many of the other uh, video recorded incident is something that kind of happens like boom split second decision had to be made and it's just like oh what happened and it's just kind of kind of unclear but with george floyd it's so agonizing and that you literally have nine minutes of, right, of, of watching right. this man sl- slowly die and i think that that just had a visceral impact and that and that really kind of cut across kind of all of the mm. whether it be ethnic or, or even political like it was like you know for the for the first time there was you know, almost universal agreement that that something egregious had happened in that case. Mm. Right, right. Um, I think talking about George Floyd, um, you wrote an article that 
um, ended up being on TGC after mm-hmm. George Floyd. George Floyd and me, and you inclu- you included in the book, right? Yeah, it's um, in the book. At the end of the book, mm-hmm. right? And, right? And yeah. so, um, and then in the book, you kind of include a lot of your background. So, so was the kind of lived experience that you're talking about? Was that kind of the the motivation for writing George Floyd and me, and and putting the back your background in the book, sort of? Yeah. Um, so, so it's, it's funny because I actually, um, I, ha- I had no plans on writing an article. Um, yeah, I was kind of shocked when it, it came out. I was like, oh, okay, shy. Right. <laughs> shy right. doing this too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. What, you know, what, what happened was, you know, a- after that case, uh, there was a, and, and I'm, it's mentioned in the article, there, there was a, a sister, a, a, a white uh, sister in Christ who's, who's a friend of ours, um, who, had had sent me an email, um, and um, you know, in light of everything that had happened with George Floyd, and and in my response to her in the email, um, I just found myself just 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 kind of pouring out my heart, um, and and I mentioned even in the article that it, I I couldn't even get through the email without without tears because it yeah. was it was just you know it was it was something that um, you know it's it's, it's almost like uh, um, this this kind of deep. <laughs> reservoir of pain that I didn't even realize was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just kind of all overflowed in that, in that email. Um, and, and it was really after um, my, my wife had uh, seen the email that she, uh, she encouraged me to, to consider uh, actually uh, speaking publicly about yeah. it. Uh, and, and so, and so I, a lot of what's in that George Floyd article was, was what was in the email yeah. uh, to that sister. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, brother. Yeah. I know it's kind of weird to kind of put yourself out there like that, especially in light of that situation. But I think it was helpful, uh, so it's good. Very much so. Yeah, and, and and my hope in that was was that it would be something that would um, help in terms of of uh, producing empathy. Yeah, and right. and understand and, and mutual understanding. You know, yeah. that that was the goal for that. That's good. Right. Right. Well, one of the things you, you talk about in the book that I, I think is actually really, really helpful, and so I want to I kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, you, you distinguish between racism. You kind of put race in quotes throughout the book, and you explain you know, why you do that. Um, uh, but at one point in the book, you distinguish clearly between kind of racism and what you think is a better term, which is ethnic sins. Um, and you mm-hmm. kind of you make a list of kind of what some of those different ones are, you know, ethnic idolatry, ethnic pride, kind of go through some of those different things. Why why do you think that's such an important distinction? Yeah, so I think it's important because you know, as I've observed these conversations over the years, what um, one of the things that has been troubling to me has been how um, ungrounded in scripture, a lot of these conversations are. Amen. Um, and, you know, and so I, I was really, I was really concerned with, uh, one, as we talk about this, the importance of using biblical categories yeah. rather than kind of, kind of taking our cate- categories from the world. And, um, and, and biblically, ethnicity is much closer to, to what we're, um, what we're trying to say when we talk about race, uh, race is uh, it's a social construct that has has no basis in in science, and uh, whereas ethnicity, which uh, and and I make the argument in the book uh, that the word ethnos 
where, where we get ethnicity from is something that appears all throughout scripture. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, one, one of the problems with racism, the, the term, even in these discussions is, is that when, when people say racism, it, it can mean a whole lot. Mm, <laughs> like, right. so, so, so you can be saying too much and too little at, at the same time. So, right. so for, right. So for example, when many people hear racism, they think KKK yep. or, you know, uh, you know, uh, white supremacy or skinheads or Dylan Roof, you know, yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, you know, or, you know, so it can be anything from that at one kind of extreme to something like implicit bias or, you know, uh, uh, prejudice against a, a certain group of people, um, or e- even more subtle kinds of things. And, and so if I throw out the term r- racist or racism, and somebody has in their mind KKK, mm. then it's like, how, how you know, it, it's offensive. Like, sure. how, how are you going to accuse me of, of being, a, you know, you know, a skinhead, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, so what I wanted to do was just kind of look at the scriptures and say, okay, what, what are some more nuanced mm. ways of, talk, of talking about this? Uh, and so I, I talk about this category of ethnic sins. Uh, and so I mentioned things like ethnic hatred. Uh, which is uh, oftentimes what people are talking about when they say racism, mm. uh, but there's more subtle things like ethnic pride. Yeah. Um, you have you have ethnic favoritism uh, or, or partiality. Mm. Um, you have ethnic oppression or ethnic idolatry. Mm. Um, and so, so I really just kind of try to unpack those things a little bit and, uh, and and give both examples from the world and examples from scripture because all of those all of those terms have have a, have a clear grounding in in the Bible, the things that we see in God's Word. Yeah, that's good. I, I think speak speak for our <laughs> speak for our white brothers. Um, I, I think a lot of uh, white folks have trouble. Like if somebody says, I mean, you know, if they say, "Well, you're you're a racist, right?" Or all white people are racist, or kind of crazy things. Like in one sense, I get it. They're going to be like, "That's what are you talking about? I'm a racist," because they're thinking along mm-hmm. the lines of what you're saying, right? Like I, I am not a member of the KKK, right? And I have no right. no desire for that. I hate all of that. But then mm-hmm. when you start using language like, um, well, maybe maybe you have some prejudices, right? Or mm-hmm. uh, maybe you have some some pride, some ethnic pride that you're unaware of. When you mm-hmm. when you use language like that, it's a whole lot easier to say, yeah, I can own that, right? I can recognize, and and I can, and then once I own it. Then I can begin to say, okay, how are we going to fight it? How does the gospel help me fight this? How does the gospel help me realize that this is wrong and, and try to fight against it? Whereas if, yeah, if you just throw out that, oh, you're all a bunch of racists, it's like, well, no, we're not. So let's let's talk about something else. And so I thought that right. was really, really helpful in the book as a way to try to say, hey, we need to we need to understand. In fact, I think you said at some point, if you if you look at that list of kind of those ethnic those ethnic sins, you're you're probably gonna find somewhere where you're struggling. Yeah. And that that's whether you're white or black or whatever, right? I mean, you're going to find somewhere where you can own it with the Lord and say, okay, I need to work. I need to work here. I, I need to, you know, um, you know, ho- help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Spirit, to fight against this and battle against this. And so I think that's just super, super helpful. So, um, so that's absolutely. That was good, brother. That was good. good yeah. Distinction. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we you talk- I, I, yeah. Oh, keep going, brother. So let, 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 yeah. Just, just want to chime in on that. I, I, I think also, you know, um, 
you know, in, in, uh, particularly in, in reform circles, mm-hmm. you know, one, one of the things that we, that we talk about a lot is, is total depravity. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, it's, it's a, so if we really believe in the doctrine of, of indwelling sin, um, and, and the implications of it, we, we should actually be surprised if we don't struggle <laughs> with some type yeah, of, right. uh, of ethnic sin. You know, hey, man. Man. Mm. man, that that's is good so word. good. That's a good word. That is so good. Yeah. So the opposite of, of pride is humility. And you talk about how humility and sympathy are important when it comes to um, discussions in regards to ethnic unity. Uh, you talk about writing, you know, George Floyd and me's, you know, hopefully so people can empathize with you. Right. Right. And um, I'm sure some people did and, and some people didn't. <laughs> so why do you think those kind of those characteristics that are so necessary in these discussions, why do you think they are lacking so much? Yeah, I mean, the short answer is indwelling sin. <laughs> total <laughs> right? depravity. Total right. depravity. We're back yeah. to total, total depravity, depravity again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you know, uh, yeah, sanctification is, is a real phenomenon, right? Yes. We, we all we, we all are being believers, are being sanctified by by God's Spirit, and, and that is a, a messy, long process. Um, mm. And so we're all in different places in our, in our sanctification. So I think that's one aspect of it. Um, I think one thing um, that has really um, hurt the the uh, the cause for for sympathy and, and humility is actually social media. Oh yeah. Um, so so the you know I, I believe that so, social media is good for certain things and it's not good for other things. Right. Um, and so one of the things it's good for is getting a message out very quickly, right? Um, but one of the things it's, it's, it's really, really bad at is nuance. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and in-depth nuance discussion is yeah. something that you're not going to find on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things are really necessary. Like you, you really need nuance, um, yeah. and you really need time and you really need, um, and I, I would also argue relationships are actually very important. Um, right. you know, it's so it's one thing for me to have this discussion with an anonymous person through a keyboard. It's another thing for me to have a discussion at the dinner table with a brother or sister from a different ethnicity in my church. Um, you know, who we've, we've done life together. We, you know, they, uh, they, they know my kids, they babysat my kids, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like that's just a completely different kind of discussion. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And and so I, I think uh, the I think the pandemic um, has um, actually really exacerbated that sense of kind of isolation and um, everybody just kind of kind of retreating into their homes and just online and um, because I, I don't know about y'all but one thing that I've noticed in this discussion um, over the last couple of years the tone of it has just become increasingly volatile. Oh and yeah. Hostile. Have you, have yeah. y'all seen that? Oh yeah. yeah. We definitely, Absolutely. definitely have seen that. We have both like, often discussed deleting Twitter altogether. Right? So, so here's my thing. Like I had Twitter, but I didn't use it until William was like, Hey, you should come, you know, see some of these discussions that's going on Twitter and, and give <laughs> me your opinion bad. on it. So I, 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 I jumped on it. And then like a few months later, I'm like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, like my, my bad. <laughs> like mm. it, it ain't good for me like that. Cause I'm, Mm. I'm one of those people who I'm going to get deep into it and 
and and not be pleasing to God in the middle of it. Yes, so that's right. So I was like, it's, it's probably it's best for me not to uh, not to even engage on it. So I mean, what what are kind of mm. your guidelines for being like like how much do you use social media? Like what is what is kind of your guidelines for like when I'm going to use it, when I'm not going to use it, something like that. Yeah. So so I've um, I've very much uh, streamlined what it is that I see on social media. Um, yeah. So so, so I, actually I don't follow a lot of people. Um, but most of the people I, I follow are people that I know um, or people who are are more kind of moderate <laughs> voices. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, right. you, you know what I mean? Because um, one, one of the other things you see is that, like, it's the it's the extreme voices that are often the loudest. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and that, that gain the most followers because they, mm. you know, they're, they're on the extremes, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, so, so cutting down on the number of people that I follow. Um, and, and I think also just, uh, I really try to like whenever I send something out, whether it's via tweet um, and Twitter is probably the the main one that I use. Um, is that I I really try to think about the reality that we're going to be held accountable for every word that comes out of our mouth. That's good. Um, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, that and that like that includes every tweet that comes from our fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, and and you know and my aim. Uh, in using social media, I, I'm, I'm trying to be unifying. Um, I'm trying to tell the truth. Uh, but I'm tr- I'm trying to communicate to speak the truth in love, um, and and Lord willing, my 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 aim. I, I don't always achieve this, but but my but my aim is to uh, is, is to model what it looks like to have uh, charitable uh, discussions on on these things. I, I generally don't go back and forth with people, so I had to learn the hard way, like not to get into this kind of back and forth thing, mm-hmm. um, because, because again, social media is it's very limited in what you're able to do and. Um, and people will, yeah, all kinds of, it usually doesn't end up good when you get into a discussion and just kind of go back and forth. So, um, yeah, so those are some things I think about. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes me think like, you you used the term moderate a moment ago, like those are the guys that you're trying to follow. So it it seems like, I mean, you asked the question, you know, in the last couple of years, it seems like this, this whole discussion has been kind of ramped up, right? Um, the level has gone up, and it seems pretty clear that two two kind of I don't know how I'd be careful with my language here, but two kind of camps have formed, you know, uh, within and I'm talking within Christian circles, uh, dealing with um, race relations, eth- uh, ethnic unity, those types of things. Um, so you, you've got you've got one group who's saying to the other group, "You're a bunch of racists. You don't care about anything." Um, then you've got the other group responding and saying. You're a bunch of Marxists, right? A bunch of all you believe mm. in the social gospel. I mean, those kinds of things. Obviously, you are trying to, <laughs> you're trying to kind of trying to, uh, you know, walk a middle path there because we believe that the Bible is more in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. So, how do you respond, brother, to criticism from both sides? Because that's that's essentially what you're setting yourself up for, right? You're you're not really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're not really pleasing either side. So how how do you mm. how do you respond to that, and maybe how would you encourage others to respond to it as well who are trying to do the same? Right. So I think that, like I said, you have this you have extremes on both sides, and what my my prayer and and, and my hope is that there's actually a a large group of people who are in the middle. Yeah. But 
Um, and and I, I like to call it the third way, right? So you have mm -hmm. kind of the, you know, I, I, I mentioned, um, you know, when it comes to race slash ethnicity, you know, you have two extremes. So one, one extreme would be uh, apathy, which is say, why are we even talking about this? We just, this isn't even, we don't, we don't even need to discuss this at all. It's not an issue. Right. Then on the other extreme, you have idolatry, right? Which, which makes ethnicity ultimate. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's what I like to call the third way, which is the way of the Bible and the <laughs> yeah. way of the, the gospel, which right. says that ethnicity is actually, it's actually very important for God's purposes in, in displaying the glory of Christ in the gospel. Amen. Uh, but at the same time, it's not ultimate. Our mm -hmm. ultimate identity is in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of holding those two things. And, and, and I've, I, I have to believe that there's a group of people, a large group of people who are in the middle who hear that and say, amen. Yeah. Amen. That's where I am. Because mm -hmm. when I look over here, I say, okay, you guys, I don't, I don't think you're being faithful with how you're using the scriptures. And on this hand, on the other hand, it's like, you guys, I don't like your tone. <laughs> There's nothing loving about right. that tone. <laughs> yeah, yes. you know, even, even if I agree with you, like the way you just said that was just so ungodly, right? right. Uh, and so, so, so my, you know, I understand that there's going to be critique from kind of both extremes, mm. um, and and that's fine. Um, but but my my hope and, and prayer is that there's there's actually a large group who are in the middle, and and part of the reason why they uh, they don't they're not as loud as the other two extremes is because they're more moderate voices, <laughs> right? right. And they're more they're more ca they're more cautious in what they say and what they don't say. Uh, yeah. And and I'm I'm really hoping that this book will um, will reach that group of people. Amen. Yeah, we've talked about that even with, you know, some of the stuff going on in the SBC, which, mm -hmm. you know, this is kind of one of those deals. It's like w when you walk into a conference, you're thinking like there's about to be a big old fight scene mm -hmm. and uh, we need uh -huh. to, you know, be prepared for it. But you, you walk in there and you realize that most people are probably moderates and they're not really paying much attention to the extremes on either side. And they would mm. hear something, they'll read something like your book and be like, amen. And and this is what, mm. <laughs> but they not going to get on Twitter and, you know, yell at people about it. Right. Right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's a yeah. good word. Good stuff. Right. So, um, in the, in the last chapter, you give, um, like eight practical suggestions for people who, who want to fight for ethnic unity. Like which one would you say, um, for, for somebody who's like, hey, I, I just want to get started on this. I want to join this fight. Which one would you recommend to them to get started on first? Mm -hmm. I, I would say the, the, the first one would be uh, let us enter into each other's world. Amen. Um, and, and, it, and it really kind of goes back to, um, to what, what I was saying about, uh, about empathy. Um, you know, so you know, I, I believe that there's a, there's a strong connection between uh, sympathy and proximity, right? Yeah, uh, so right. it's it, right. It's 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 easier to sympathize or to empathize when you when you're actually in in a person's life as opposed to kind of from a distance. Yeah. Um, and so, so one of the things I say is that is that affection and sympathy that they're best cultivated within the context of of real life relationships. And mm. and that's actually one of the things that I've actually been encouraged by by y'all. Uh, even just in, in hearing your story and how the Lord brought the two churches together, um, like that, 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 that's just a great example of, um, you know, people from, from different backgrounds 
coming together and all that that entails and all the challenges that may come with that, but seeking to enter each other's world for the sake of the gospel. And as that happens, like that's, that's just a, um, that's just a natural sympathy <laughs> producer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? When we're, yeah. you know what I'm saying? When we're, we're, we're in fellowship together, we're worshiping together, we're, we're yeah. having meals together. Uh, we, you know, our, our children are interacting, you know, it's, um, and so, um, and, and I understand that from one perspective, you know, you know, you had the, the famous MLK quote that, you know, the most segregated hour of the week is at 11 a.m. on Sundays, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, so our churches are, are, are um, often very divided along ethnic lines. And, um, and then you just have the reality of, um, you know, segregation geographically, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some people who uh, they don't have you know, a lot of people who don't have other ethnicities in their immediate context. Right. Um, and, and, and so, so I, so I think with that, you have to have to be more creative in terms of, in terms of entering others' worlds, uh, whether that be through, through reading, um, or through, you know, watching documentaries, that, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, but I would say just from a practical standpoint, um, uh, we, we're not going to make uh, much headway at all if we if we're not in each other's lives um, and and being intentional. Sometimes we have to be intentional about um, uh, entering into relationships with brothers and sisters of different ethnicities in order to uh, to make that happen. Amen. Amen. Got to go get some. Got to go eat some barbecue together, right? Brother? For real. That's what I mean, I'm talking about. That's, that's, that's where we're at. Go get some ribs. Yeah, man. Life, right. Uh, Good deal, good deal. I'm, well, pesca- I'm, 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 I'm pescatarian, so that, w- that wouldn't count for me. <laughs> oh, but, man. Well, we figure something but out. I, but, I, I, but I would come along just for the fellowship. Hey, all right. That's, that's, that's good. What, hey, that's good. I'm, I'm good with that. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, can you, uh, man, what's our uh, diversity? We, we want to. What's our diversity in fellowship resource for the week? Probably pretty obvious. But. Yeah, um, uh, Shah's new book, The New Reformation, Finding Hope in the Fight uh, for Ethnic Unity is the diversity and fellowship resource for this week. We highly, highly recommend yes, yes. this book. It is, Man, it is definitely great. encouragement um, and, and biblical. Yeah. Like, and that's the important thing. You know, it's, it's definitely built on the Bible. Amen. Um, great exposition of, of text, text that I hadn't even thought about, you know, that, yeah. you know, that's he worked right. in there good. and, mm-hmm. uh, was able to uh, just show us how the Bible speaks mm. to ethnic unity. Yeah. Like, this is really not an option, right? Yeah, that's good. This is what the Word mm. of God tells us to do. Mm. Yeah. When's in the drop? And, and if, go ahead, go uh, ahead, Sean. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so it, it comes out on May 18th. Yes. Um, and I also wanted, wanted to give you, that there's a website for the book. Okay, So the great. website is, it's thenewreformationbook.com. Amen. Right. So if you want more information, you can you can find it there. And we'll get that in our uh, we'll get that in the podcast notes so that people can click on that mm-hmm. and go go directly to it. Is that the best place to to buy it? Shy is that the best or Amazon or what? Is there do you prefer? Um, either or is fine. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, we would wait. I just want to go ahead like, real quick. Like if you want a a book for like your your kids, mm, like Shy yes. actually yes. has a a children book, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That deals with uh, unity as well. So, what was the title mm-hmm. of that? God book? made me and you, right? God made me and you. God, right? Yep, God yeah, made me strange. and you. Actually, yep. has a, uh, a he shine doesn't know album <laughs> for the, for the book. For no, the no, book. no, no, no. Like he does so many different things. Yes, man. It's like an it's, album. Oh, it's hard to pick one. What I was going to say is, shy doesn't know this, but there's actually a picture of Kenny and I. 
in the God Made Me and You book. <laughs> right. You, you, I don't know if you've paid attention, but there's a picture in this book of, it's kind of a church. There's a church back, you know, it's a church. People are coming into church, uh-huh. and there's an old white guy standing there. <laughs> and then there's like a, a black a black pastor standing. So it's like a black bald, pastor, bald white pastor. black pastor. <laughs> <laughs> when my, I, when, when my kids, read, we read that to my, my five-year-old, and he was like, look, it's Pastor Kenny. And I was like, oh, that means I'm the old white guy on the other side. It's terrible. Nice. Anyway, so a yeah, lot of I mean, brothers stuff. doing a lot of good stuff, and we definitely appreciate you coming on. But we we, yeah. we got to get you to the crazy question. Ah, yes. Yeah. Every yeah. week we do the crazy mm. question, uh, and so here's here's shy. I mean, since you are the huge fan, why don't you explain the question, the crazy question for? Because some of our listeners might not be familiar with Voltron. Yeah, yeah. So. so um <laughs> Shot being the lyrical genius that he is, he yes. um, dropped Voltron, talking about the Voltron of the Reformation. Now, Voltron is the cartoon back in the 80s where you had these different robots, like five different robots. They could come together and form Voltron, this big giant yes. robot, the giant to, robot, to fight the big giant, you know, bad enemy. guys and yes. enemy, right? And mm-hmm. so, you know, they working together, they coming together, different color robots too, you know. Hey, I mean, they can preach. You know, Voltron preach. can preach, That's man. Good. That's right. And so, um, since he dropped it in the book, mm-hmm. you know, we figured we figured we need to continue this theme. So you talked about the Voltron of the Reformation. Like mm-hmm. who would be your living theological or Christian hip hop Voltron? We'll give the option. Yeah. Okay. Um, let, let me give my, let me give my theological. You can do both, actually. You can do both, whatever you want to do, brother. It's a crazy question, so you can give a crazy answer. Right. Yes. Right, right. Um, now I know I'm going to leave somebody out, so I, I, this is just the kind of first, first things that came to my mind. Um, so, so when it comes to preachers, Mm -hmm. right, um, so I'll say, uh, Tony Carter, Anthony Carter, yeah, yeah, um, uh, in in Atlanta, um, John Piper, yeah, there you go. Um, I'll say uh, William Deuce Branch, uh, aka the Ambassador. Ambassador, uh, the, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so he kind he kind of falls he crosses into my over, hip-hop. right? And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. He's kind of he's kind of in 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 both of them. Mm. Um, and then I'll I'll add. Oh my goodness, this is so hard. Um, let's say I'm gonna throw Mark Dever in there. All right, yeah, you have to, um, right? You interned. You interned yeah, I, at Capitol Hill, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> right? Do you know that we actually met? I came up to Capitol Hill when you were an intern there. I know you don't remember oh, that. Is that you, right? There's no way you would remember that. But yes, that was the the, the one time that we had met beforehand. It was like in passing, you know, but. Uh, that's how uh, I knew that you were an intern there. So you got to you got to mention Mark Dever, right? Capital Hill. Yeah, got to mention Mark Dever. Yeah. Uh, and then what's one more, right? Yeah, one more. One more, yeah. And you know somebody in Voltron formed the head, right? <laughs> oh, right, man. right, so, right, right. Uh, I'm gonna need the head too. <laughs> the main guy. A, I need the main oh, guy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. You know what? So 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 I'm, I'm a cheat a little bit, and oh. and and my last my last dude is James Boyce. Okay. Uh, James okay. Boyd, and he because he because he 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 went to be with the Lord back in two thousand. Uh, okay. But um, 
he he was there at 10th Presbyterian when I when I first got there. Yeah, that's and, right. Oh man, that's uh, right. and and yeah, and as an expository preacher, um, <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that. All right, hey, amen. That's good. All right, we can work on that. That's good. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, brother, for joining with us. That is a great theological Voltron. You need to, you know, I mean, you need to like. Uh, I guess, I guess, technically, you've. Uh, you own the copyright to that now. It's in the book, so right, know, <laughs> right. We're gonna need some like theological yeah. Voltron shirts, you know. And uh, stuff. We're gonna actually yeah. have a new Voltron. A new Voltron. Take the place of Vegetales Tales that, as, yes, the, as the Christian kids <laughs> cartoon thing. Yes, Bible Voltron, nice, something nice. like that. That'd be great. Uh, no, That's we appreciate fun. we appreciate all you're doing, brother. Thanks so much for uh, joining with us on the show. We we really appreciate it, and I really encourage uh, our listeners to uh, grab a copy of the book. Uh, pre-order a copy of the book and uh, support Shy in that way and man be blessed be encouraged and we'll continue the fight to be diverse in our fellowship alright God bless y'all Amen thanks so much for listening to the Diversity and Fellowship podcast if you want to join the discussion please send us your questions and your comments to diversityandfellowship at gmail.com that's diversityandfellowship at gmail.com We would love to hear from you. Until next time, keep laboring by God's grace to be a faithful display of how the power of the gospel unites us in Christ.